Hey folks, my name is Andy Sitto. Welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. My guest today is Caroline Stump. She's a singer-songwriter who recently moved to Nashville from Denver, Colorado, and also works for Warner Music Group as a licensing administrator for Atlantic Records. Hey there, I hope you're doing well. I'm going to, you know, because I've done a couple long monologues recently, and I don't mean to, I just start talking, I hit record and I start talking, but because of that, I'm going to try to jump right into it today. My guest is Caroline Stump, and it was great to have her on the podcast because I was a guest on her podcast that she co-hosts with Ellsworth, who was on a few episodes ago. I was on their podcast, The Songwriter Diaries, a few months back. Um, I think it was mid-2020 where we did the interview, over Zoom, of course, and um, had a great conversation with with them about songwriting process and career and all those sorts of things. It's a great podcast. I recommend checking it out, whether you listen to the episode with me or not. Um, I mean, that one's extra good, probably, but, you know, there's a lot of great episodes. <laughs> they have an awesome show, and it's cool. They, they really dig into the craft of, um, of songwriting. So Caroline Stump grew up in Iowa, moved to Denver to attend CU Denver and go to the songwriting program. That's how we met. I think, I think we first met through Owen Court's singer-songwriter ensemble at CU Denver because Owen has me come and play the recital at the end of the semester with the songwriter students as the house piano player. So the students all make charts, and um, I come in and play keys a lot of semesters for that end-of-semester concert, and that's really cool. And I've gotten to know a lot of the uh, a lot of Owen's students that way, a lot of these just excellent songwriters just from uh, hanging out and playing their tunes with them. And I think that's where Caroline and I first met, and if not, I apologize. We've met several times now, many times now. We've spoken many, many times. So anyway, that's what I think. But she uh, she graduated from CU Denver in 2020, singer-songwriting major, and then moved to Nashville because she got hired at Warner Music Group um, as a licensing administrator for Atlantic Records, which is a really cool-sounding job. She talks about it um, in detail during the episode, so I'll let her tell you exactly what she does but I, f- I find interesting that she is somebody who, again, like Nick Sullivan a couple weeks ago, is fully on the creative side of things and also fully on the business side of things. And that's a hat we all have to wear um, these days. But she's she's I don't you know, she's not just working um, as a licensing administrator until she becomes a famous songwriter or something like that. I mean, she really enjoys that side of it and is doing it because she loves it however is also a great songwriter and she just put out a brand new album on march 26th called navy and um we're gonna play a couple songs off of that record and hopefully that's okay she gave me verbal permission at the end of the podcast to use her songs because they're self-published self-written she owns all the rights so i got permission and hopefully um hopefully it's cool so we're going to play The Navy is Coming, which is um, almost the title track of Navy. And I think we're going to listen to um, Best Intentions as well at the end. So we'll hear a couple songs from Caroline and chat with her about her career in Nashville, uh, her time at CU Denver. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of great things. So anyway, see, I kept it pretty short. We're four minutes in, and we're jumping in. Here's The Navy's Coming followed by my conversation with Caroline Stump. Folks, if you'd like to support this podcast in a monetary way, I'm now on Patreon at patreon.com slash andysiddow, S-Y-D-O-W. I post up exclusive content on there, and it helps keep this podcast and and all my music ventures going. Uh, I spend a good bit of time on there, do a lot of posts, so check it out. You can join for as little as $3 a month, $3 a month, or as Joe Pug says, less than the price of one cup of coffee. If you can't support in a monetary way, no worries at all. Rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen, especially on Apple Podcasts, only takes a minute. It's completely free, and it really helps me out a lot. 
quick thanks to our sponsors, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering puts the finishing touches on this podcast. And for any of your audio or restoration needs, visit pqmastering.com. Also, Narrator Music. For simple and affordable licensing for sync, visit narratorrf.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, shoot me an email at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. One, two, three. There we go. What's up? <laughs> wow, that was so professional. Oh my gosh. We'll see. Wait till the final audio. product is done. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm uh, sure it'll work fine. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Well, so this is the second time I've chatted with you over Zoom, and the first time was on your podcast, Songwriter Diaries. Yes, the Songwriter Diaries with Megan. Yes. Um, Ellsworth. I guess who I should say Ellsworth, who was name. on a few weeks ago. Yes, I like. Yeah, I heard about that, so I need to go back and listen. Um, her album's great, so it is. I'm sure that she had a lot of great insight to share. But it was so great having you on our podcast. That was so much fun. It was good to talk yeah. about songwriting. You know, yeah, nobody yeah. cares about that sort of thing. So when people care about that sort of thing, that's fun to talk about. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, that's all I care about. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, of course. And you're um you moved, you know, like everyone else. You 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 soaked up what you could out of Denver and uh and you went to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. I moved gosh, when was that? Six months ago. Um, and it's been good so far. Interesting moving in a pandemic. Definitely would not recommend. Yeah. Um, but it's been like the best that it could be out of the situation. And I got a great job there at Warner Music Group, which has been amazing. Um, and the reason that I moved. So, yeah, I, and, I'm going great. Uh, not, I want to talk about Warner Music Group, but my my question I need to know the answer to right now was, um, when you were driving, when you were moving, mm -hmm. what, yes. did you have any trouble with bathrooms? Like, I had some times when I had to travel and I would pull up at a gas station, have to pee so bad and there wasn't a gas station 30 miles in any direction. And they'd say the mm. bathroom's closed because of the pandemic. Did this happen to you? Oh, okay. So 
not really. I was lucky enough because my parents are in Iowa, which is kind of like the halfway point to Nashville. So I actually went with my best friend, Jacob, and we moved my stuff from Denver to Iowa. Um, And that's a route I've taken so many times. So I kind of know where the bathroom situations are. And also it's in like, but fuck nowhere. Can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, you did. <laughs> like, I mean, you so just did. No, <laughs> like literally nobody cares about the pandemic except for Jacob and I driving through Nebraska. So okay, they so weren't the... that concerned. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but in Colorado, there were some closed bathrooms. And I thought that is so messed up. We're in yeah. here to pee. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, we didn't come across that. But yeah, we Good. were stopping at very small towns trying to avoid as many people as possible. And um, they didn't really seem to care (laughs) about the pandemic. Shocking. Yeah. Right. Um, Right. 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 So, yeah. But yeah, luckily we didn't have to drive straight to Nashville. So like we went to Iowa and then my parents and I drove down to Nashville with all of my stuff. So. Okay. Okay. Nice. So you got, did you like rest there for a little bit? Did you take a little stay over in Iowa? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we stayed and hung out with my family for like a few days, three or four days. Um, And then Jacob didn't want to drive to Nashville, which, you know, valid. So he flew home (laughs) and um, then it was just my parents and I going to Nashville. So it was the best situation it could have been. So awesome. 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 Um, So Nashville, Warner, how did the job first come about? So very crazily, um, I actually met um, one of my bosses a couple years earlier when I visited Nashville because um, her friend is my best friend Lily's manager. So it's just all about connections per usual. Um, So I met with her when I visited just to talk about, you know, job opportunities once I graduated, but I was a junior at the time. So I wasn't really looking actively. Um, And she just told me to stay in touch. So I did and would reach out to her every so often. And once I decided I was going to move um, after I graduated, went through a breakup, you know, spiraled. And I was like, I need to leave. (laughs) Um, I decided I was going to move. And I reached out to her about job opportunities. And luckily, like stuff was open and um she recommended me and I went through so many interviews and it was like three months of just painstaking agony um because I had already decided I was moving so I was like if I don't get this job gotta find something else there um and luckily I got it and it was great um so yeah and then just moved um as soon as I could so yeah have you is there, well, I guess maybe there's no home homesickness for Denver because your your home's in Iowa. I mean, was it is it weird to move to be in a new place? Have you met tons of friends? Yeah, it's very strange, especially because um, I started working from home, so I didn't meet anybody. Um, yeah. Luckily, I've been able to see my coworkers safely, like outside of like work, um, and like get to know them and we've gotten pretty close, which is really nice. Um, and then I had a couple friends in Nashville that I knew just from high school and also like other college friends and acquaintances, um, that I've talked to, but it's just so hard and, you know, COVID times. And luckily it seems to be kind of resolving slowly. Um, but yeah, it's hard to like get out and meet people, but I just went back to Denver. When was that for my birthday? So like a few weeks ago, yeah. Um, and saw everybody because, yeah, I'm definitely homesick for Denver. I miss it so much. Um, yeah. 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 Well, that's good that you got to got to see some friends. Yes. Um, yes. And so talk about, you know, more more about the job. Descri- are you are you first off? Are you like back in the office all the time now or are you back and forth? I mean, how's it? Working? No, we have not been in the office at all. OK, so still um, totally at home. Yes. And we've been told that we're not going back until at least September. Um, but it could be longer and we don't know what it's going to look like. It's all kind of just up in the air still. Um, but they're taking it super seriously, which I appreciate because 
it's not worth the risk. And also the parking's bad. It's like, whatever, <laughs> like I'll yeah. work from home. It's okay. Um, that's I nice do want to meet everybody though. Sure. Yeah, of course. Well, and that's nice too. Cause I, I don't think many other people in Tennessee are taking it seriously. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it feels a little bit like being gaslit when you're there and you see everybody like out without masks and stuff. Um, it's a little crazy, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, thankfully they're taking it very seriously and have like asked for our opinions and stuff on the topic of going back. So it's been nice because I have the flexibility of travel. Like I was working from Denver and also from Iowa. Um, so that's been really beneficial. And, and do you think there's anything that you'll be able to do in person work-wise that you're not able to do right now? I mean, obviously the camaraderie of being with your workmates, but I mean, yeah. anything job-wise? Yeah, I think honestly, it's more the camaraderie um, aspect. Like we have like Zoom happy hours occasionally and um, big Zoom meetings with everyone, which is really nice you don't get that one-on-one per like if you're talking it's like everybody's looking at you and like you kind of have the stage um so yeah. it you don't get that one-on-one like personal connection with people um which is something that I crave and miss a lot just because I'm living alone in Nashville too so like yeah any source of human interaction is like amazing for me <laughs> like sure. like there was a point I was telling my parents in like the two weeks that the only person that I had talked to in person was my Starbucks barista and I got so elated just talking to this random barista like I don't think they know that I like they changed my life I haven't seen them again but it was like oh my god I'm not the only person alive right now like you're here (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. and you probably will run into that person again right it's kind of a small town big city there yeah definitely oh it's crazy the amount of people that like I run into that know people that I know and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm just excited to like be able to go out and see more of the things and meet more of the people and it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your job? What's your daily job like at Warner? So I'm a licensing administrator for Atlantic records. Um, so basically it's me looking for writers and figuring out their splits for publishing um, and getting that inputted into our system so they can get paid. It's like the basics of what I do is just like clearing publishing for Atlantic um, for their releases that come out. So all the artists that are signed to that label. Yeah. So it's me and then my coworkers. So we like split the artists among us. Um, and just work with their publishing companies. Mm, really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Um, so there's like a whole division. I didn't think about that. I know people say they're doing licensing stuff or publishing stuff, mm-hmm. but you specifically are with this label and whatever they're putting out, you got to clear all the songs, yeah. figure out the royalties and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the ultimate goal? Um, or is there another step you want to take in the industry? Oh, that's a good question. Aside Um, from the songwriter stuff, obviously, because that's a whole other road we'll head down. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I don't think this will be like my end position. Um, I definitely see it like as a long-term first job though. Like I, especially with the company, but what's really awesome about Warner is it's such a huge company that is all super supportive of each other that, it's easy to just transfer into different areas or like talk to people in different areas and get their insight. Um, which is something I'm really looking forward to just to see what's out there. But right now I love my job so much and my coworkers and the company. So I don't see myself leaving it anytime soon, unless they knock on wood. I'm like, don't fire me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But I'm like, no, come on. You need to keep me forever. Um, but yeah, it's like definitely easy to like move up and also transition if you want to. Um, so for now, I'm very happy and hope to stay there for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, 
I definitely want to just explore other things too. So what, what's the most difficult thing about the job? Do you ever have trouble clearing songs? Oh yeah. All the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear a horror I story. Think, yeah. Oh gosh. A horror story. I mean, I don't have any like real horror stories, but it's hard sometimes when, cause a lot of the releases on Atlantic, um, it's a big, like, rap hip hop label um a lot of the releases have so many writers on them so it can be difficult to find all of them um and even just like finding contact information for people is difficult um and without that you can't confirm their share or their split because you can't talk to them or figure out who their publisher is um and then you have disputes where people are over claiming or under claiming certain aspects of a song um but yeah that's just kind of the usual especially with um frontline because frontline means like it's going to be released like it's people are actively releasing things whereas not frontline is things have already been released and they're just clearing more stuff in relation to those works so like right. they already have the splits and everything for like so like rhino has our is another label under warner and they have like um i don't know i'm trying to think of like artists they have um they have like older artists that have already released their songs and figured out their splits but they're just working on those old releases so they don't have as many disputes or issues with publishing um whereas since we're releasing new stuff it's like splits are getting figured out as we're requesting them uh, oh, geez. And, mm -hmm. and it's not all because in Nashville, right? If if you were to get in a room and write with people like four other people, wouldn't you each just automatically get 25 percent? Yeah, that's like the base, like basic in Nashville. But we don't just work with Nashville artists. It's like right artists from everywhere. Spots. Like, oh, yeah, like I think I think a lot of our artists are based in L.A. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure, to be honest. They're based everywhere. <laughs> So uh, they don't follow the Nashville rules, which is sad. And some do, like some um, artists and songs are easy to clear because everybody knows what their share is and it's super simple, but it just depends. Yeah, yeah it's um, it's interesting how, how different cities do it, not just how different bands do it, but I could see that getting really messy if you say, well, hey, I, I contributed this. I'm like, no, you really just helped out with that line. I wrote the chorus. Um, yeah yeah it could get messy i could see myself yeah. getting in a fight with somebody about it i'll put it that way <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah definitely and it, yeah and usually they have the messiness kind of behind the scenes and don't we don't have to deal with all of that um unless it gets to us and then there's issues so um yeah it's it's interesting the day is different every every day is different because you're dealing with different artists and different songs and different people and um, which keeps it interesting, but stressful. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. Yeah. So you just put out a record on Friday, I did. on Friday, right? On Friday. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. It's surreal, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And is that when you're supposed to put out music, by the way, everyone does Fridays. Is that the thing? Is that like, a thing so yes it is a thing to put out music on Fridays the reason I put it out that Friday specifically was because I was behind on my release schedule so I pushed it back from like the week before and I think I was releasing it on a Thursday the week before I don't even remember but then I released it on Friday just because I feel like I just I followed the herd I'm like everybody releases stuff on yeah. Friday so I'll release stuff on Friday that's what um, I that's what I keep hearing. I I keep trying to go rogue. I'm like, yeah, well, let's try Tuesday. But I, yeah, I, let's I don't just do know Tuesday that, at that 4 p.m. Let's see yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I just follow the herd and um, hope for the best and hope that it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so then this is your first like I mean you you've had some singles off of it you know over the last few months but yes. this is your first big release as a solo artist. Yeah. Yeah, this is my first full length album ever. 
Um, and I kind of like am manipulating the full length album because it's eight songs, which technically is a full length album. I can right. tell you as a licensing administrator. So I, <laughs> so I kind of like manipulated it. So it could be technically considered an EP, I think too. But album just makes me feel better. Like, Did, is I've it barely an album? Like, like would seven tracks still be an album? I think seven tracks would be an EP. It oh, would so be harder you, to argue an album. So you like didn't do extra credit or anything. You just barely, you just barely turned it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like right there. Like I, I could have said EP and people wouldn't have questioned it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like I saw this other person um, that I just like follow on social media released an EP and it was six songs and I was like, okay, so two more than that. Maybe it's an album, <laughs> but. I think that's fair. It's it 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 listens like an album to me, and it feels about the length of an album driving down the yeah, highway. So I'm calling short, it an it's album. It's a short album, you know. Yeah. Um, people don't need to hear me for that long. You know, just 25 minutes is good. <laughs> well, no, I think I think they do need to hear you for that long. In fact, you get them through the first 25 minutes, and because it's a little shorter, they just you know it just loops again, and you get the mm-hmm. you get the first yeah. few tunes a second time. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah, just keep listening. Give me that. Give me that money. Those yeah. micro pennies give on me, the streams. <laughs> give me that money. Yeah. Um, so there and there's all kinds of influences in here. The first song, I don't know if this is a weird thing to hear or not, but the first song actually felt a little bit like Fleetwood Mac e to me. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. But yeah. there's, you know, there's pop influences and Americana and rock and roll. I mean, what are some of the what's some of the stuff you've been listening to while you while you wrote this? Oh, gosh. I think a lot of the influences came from Ben Pisano of Corsicana, my producer, um, as well, just because he had a lot of influence in the instrumentation and like the choice of instrumentation and the way that it was um, presented in the album. Um, But like, um, I know he would say Bon Iver was definitely a big influence. I was listening to like Matt Mason. I really like. Um, I'm, oh my God, I'm wearing a shirt today. Um, <laughs> Matt Mason awesome. um, is always just who I'm listening to um, and taking a lot of lyrical inspiration from. Um, who else? I take a lot of, I feel like most of the inspiration I take is lyrical. Um, and I struggle a lot with finding inspiration for like, the way it sounds like I have an idea in my head of what it sounds like. And then I will just say it to Ben and he'll figure it out. Like what I'm talking about, it'll be like, Oh, like this song. I'm like, exactly. But I'm bad at like trying to listen to something and then be like, I want my song to sound like that. Um, So most of my inspiration is lyrical. Um, Like Fiona Apple, Nora Jones um, take a lot of lyrical inspiration from them. I'm trying to think if there's like a, I think some songs kind of give Matt Mason-esque vibes in terms of production and, um, but yeah, I think that's about it. Samia is a great artist that I listen to a lot that definitely influenced um, some stuff. Did you find that you were able to just, I mean, having a producer um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's a collaborative effort, but did you find that you were sort of, if Ben had an opinion on something, you would say, okay, you know, cool, let's try that. You're the producer. Or did you have a lot of instances where you'd put your foot down and be like, you know, I actually, I've, I think we need the piano here. I mean, how did you deal with that creatively? Yeah. Um, luckily a lot of the ideas each of us had we pretty much agreed on um but there were definitely times where like uh he would say something I'd be like I don't want that like I think that needs to be brought down like I think the biggest thing was like parts that he would get excited about because he like would develop them and then he'd make them loud in the mix and I was like you gotta turn that down and then I wanted my vocals in the mix to be really loud he's like they can't go any louder (laughs) like this is the max like or else it's gonna blow up so I think that was the main thing that we differed on just because like it was clear he cared a lot more about like 
the instrumentation and like the whole product. And I was like, I just want my voice and my lyrics to be like the center all the time. Um, so that was just definitely like not an argument, but a discussion. And like, we would just try different things um, and see what we liked better. Yeah. Um, but most of the time we agreed. And I mean, his philosophy was just like, why don't we just try it and see? Um, even if he would say something and I was like, I don't think so. And then we would try it and maybe I'd be like, no, it still doesn't sound good. Or, oh yeah, that actually works if you put it with this and not in this section or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. And in terms of the songs, did how long of a period did you write these over? I mean, are some of these from Owen's songwriter ensemble? Um, you know, were they all in a two-week yeah. period? Oh gosh, they're from like such a wide range. The oldest song on the album, like the oldest song that I wrote was Tainted. And I wrote that song, I think when I was 14. Wow. Yeah, because when I recorded my first EP, I considered putting it on there. And I recorded that when I was 14, um, 14, 15. And obviously it's like shifted and changed since then. Sure. Um, And been edited or whatever, but it was always a song that I was like, I want to one day record this um, because I like it. And if it's held up over seven years, eight years, I can't do math. I Then I think it's worth putting out there. So yeah. that's the oldest song. And then the rest were just from the, like a lot of from the course of college um, and from those classes. Um, I'm trying to think of what the most recent one I wrote was. Probably Pretty Girl was the most recent one I had written for the album. Um, and I wrote that even like a year and a half ago because Ben and I started recording like a year ago, October, we started. Yeah. Um, so it's just been a long process, especially with COVID of trying to decide if I wanted a release show and then being like, it's just not going to happen. Sure. Um, yeah. And just finding the best time for release. So um a lot of the songs are older on there and how did you decide which ones to put on like are you still writing right now do you have newer material um you know is it a is it a, like a routine for you to keep writing songs um no <laughs> i <laughs> yeah. i've been very bad this is just full transparency yeah. i since um honestly since graduation my writing has just like fallen off. Like I, it's not something, and I write occasionally, but I have not completely finished a song probably in a year and a half, like completely written one. I have ideas and notes on my phone and journals and stuff like that. Um, but mainly because depression um, <laughs> and just yeah. like the, like unmotivation, I don't yeah. word, unmotivated to do anything. Yeah. Um, especially like after moving and like dealing with that transition period. Um, so it's not something that I've been actively doing. I'm trying to get back into it and better about it. Um, so I'll like try like every day to like play at least something, even if I've already written it, um, just to like try to get stuff flowing <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I found it super difficult to write recently. And I think I also used the album as an excuse of like, oh, well, I'm releasing an album, so it's fine. Like, I don't need to be writing right now. I can write after that's released and then like start working on whatever I want to do next, um, which yeah. is not the case. You should always be writing. Um, no, but that makes sense, too, especially, you know, the indie artists these days. We have to wear both hats. Yeah. And I know I go through phases where I'm writing constantly and then hardly writing at all because I'm, I don't know, trying to figure out how I'm going to do a TikTok dance. I'm just kidding. I don't use TikTok, but you know what I mean? You got to, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's all these different hats to wear and yeah, mentally it's tough, right? But to yeah. wear every hat all the time. And you know, I don't think you can do it. Yeah. And it's also just like working full time. Yeah. And not, not in a job that I can manipulate my hours as much as like other jobs. I mean, still very flexible, but like, I can't just, you know, work on my own stuff for an hour or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm also just tired. Like I'm burnt out. I want to rest. <laughs> so yeah, sure. I remember it was like, I think it might've been on Friday, like during my lunch break or something. I just like went up here and was like working, whatever. And my dad was like, what are you doing? I was like, this is like what independent artists do all the time. And like, this is why I don't think I could be this full time without help. And like yeah. without a full-time job, because like, you have to be constantly working and promoting yourself if you want to make money to live. Like, and luckily I'm not in that situation because like I have a full-time job and like have, you know, like the financial ability to like put out music that I like, because I also told them like how much it costs. And they were like, that's insane. I'm like, yeah, but it's like, it's not <laughs> like, that's like very low cost for everything. Um, because if I went to a big studio, it'd be like $2,000 a song minimum to record. Like, that's like a $16,000 investment that I'm not making right now. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, I don't think they realize and like people even in general, like that aren't in music realize like those independent artists that are doing that full time, like, of course they're financially struggling because they have to pay other artists to help them with their work and, it's just insane. Um, yeah. So I admire them because I'm struggling right now and I have a full-time job. So it's tricky for sure. And yeah. Yeah. So, well, so how do you see yourself um, at the, at the end of the day, you know, are you somebody who wants to build in the music industry and sort of do the artist thing on the side would you eventually like to transition into that full-time artist i mean what's the what's the goal yeah that's a really good question and i've been struggling a lot with it because i really do want to work my way up in the industry but also like i want to have that motivation to keep writing because like it's not even i mean i love performing and i love like releasing music recording I love the whole process but like what I especially love to do is just writing in general um and that can be lyrics blog posts poems like all just like to myself you know um yeah but that's what I find a lot of joy in so I want to try to keep doing that um as and I don't know if I would want to do that full time or like work in the business side of that aspect of the industry um, I haven't really decided. I'm very indecisive. Um, so I think right now I'm just kind of like trying to ride the wave of like my job right now that I really enjoy um, and see where that takes me while also like promoting the album and trying to get that out there for people to listen to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, I don't know. It's a long-winded way to say it. I have no idea what I'm doing. Sure. No, that's, yeah, and that's totally okay. There's so many, you know, so many things around every turn too, right? You might find yeah. that you love the publisher, you know, they, you love working with Warner, but in a, a different sect, <laughs> is that yeah. a word? A different yeah. sect of Warner? I don't know. Um, but it's really cool that you have both going for you and the new album sounds great. Um, and you were talking about promotion. What sort of things are you doing promotion-wise for it? Oh God, not nearly enough. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I've been trying to just like post on social media, spam everybody with like messages, um, email lists. I found to be helpful. Um, and just like sending emails to people, especially because like my parents are older and like their friends are a huge support for me too. So I'm like, they'll read their email. They won't look at Instagram. Um, so that's been helpful for me. Um, but yeah, I would say like mainly like social media and just, um, also just like personal like connection and like talking to people directly about it. Um, I know I've reached out to like a couple radio stations, but it's hard because like I reached out to a radio station in Colorado for locals, but I'm like, I'm not a local anymore. So like, does this count? (laughs) Cause I'm like, I kind of still live there. Yeah, I think it totally counts. I think it totally counts, right? Embrace it. Yeah. So I was like, I like still live there, like in my heart. And then um, I had this guy from Iowa Public Radio reach out to me with like a form to submit for like music for locals like of Iowa. And I was like, 
I'm technically not a local, but I'll ride it, you know, like if, as long as it gets played somewhere, because it's going to be a lot easier to get played in Denver and Iowa than it will be to be played in Nashville, where it's like sure. all country and hard pop, like just not my genres. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds like you can ask for forgiveness in like three yeah. different cities. So you're. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm like, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Um, so totally fine. Um doing that and then yeah just like trying to get people to listen to it I mean it's hard for me too because I also haven't made the decision of like what I necessarily want to come from this album like I'm just shocked that anybody listened to it like honestly and like it makes me so happy that people have listened and like have responded to me with like like that's all that matters to me is people hearing what I have to say yeah um so I, it's not even like I want some, like I'm expecting anything from it, but it's like, if more people could hear it, that would be awesome. You know? Um, yeah. That's yeah. All. <laughs> My uh, tangents. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And <laughs> what is your favorite song on the album out of all of them? Do you have one that you're attached to more than the others? Mm. I know, you know, you were talking about depression a little bit. I know you do connect some of those themes in there. Um, as well as some love themes. Is there a song that you're particularly connected to? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, best Intentions, I think, overall is the best song I've ever written. Um, just, like, lyrically, transitionally, everything about it. And it was the first song, like, when I wrote it. Because you know when you write a song and then you get excited about it and then it kind of fades or, like, yeah. You know, it was the first song that I wrote that when I wrote it, I was like, this is the best song I've ever written. And I knew it in the moment. Um, so that was really exciting for me. And just like, kind of like a come to moment. Like th this is like the peak of what I can do. Um, yeah. And hopefully that changes and I have a higher peak, but like, it was just very exciting for me. Um, Cause I loved that song. Um, but the song that I connect to the most is the Navy's coming for sure. Um, that was a song that like, if you dissect it lyrically, like, okay, this is a tangent story. I promise it's relevant, but I submitted this song. Doesn't I feel the need to say this because I feel bad because I submitted this song for the songwriting competition at CU. Yeah. And I got comments back from the judge. Like, I think I made like the top 10 or something and then like got comments back. Um, and like everybody was like, I like the groove, whatever. Like I like it. And then this person was like, I do not like the lyrics of this song because like, you're like basically promoting like a toxic relationship. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, if you dissect it lyrically, that's what it sounds like. But when I was writing it, obviously I wasn't thinking that way. And I remember being in like um, a session with Owen, like a songwriting lesson and like playing him that song and I was like yeah like this is just like everything that I needed to say and he's like it sounds like the relationship you have with yourself and I was uh. like oh yeah and then I like went with that so it's not about a relationship with another person it's about the toxic relationship with myself yeah but then I felt so guilty and was crying I was like I don't promote toxic relationships get out of every toxic relationship but it's just like the honest way that I was feeling when I wrote it um and just like but it's not about any person. It's just about me and how I treat myself. Um, and if I was another person, how I would be speaking to myself, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It makes me sound crazier than I am, which I know I am, but. <laughs> like, well, it, no, no, that's okay too, right? I mean, is there anything yeah. wrong with uh, promoting, even if it is a, promoting a toxic relationship, is there anything wrong with that? I mean, that sounds like a normal human emotion to me. Yeah, yeah. Who is this just, judge? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like, who is I, I just felt so guilty because I was like, obviously, like, and they didn't know it was me either. And I mean, they probably didn't even know me. I have no idea who it was. But I was like, I just feel so bad that they think that I'm just like out here being like, yes, toxic relationships are great, like promoting this. Like, no, the song is messed up. Like, you listen yeah. to the lyrics, it's messed up. And like, clearly comes from depression you know what I mean yeah. like I remember playing my dad the lyric video 
And afterwards he looks at me, he's just like, are you really this sad? And then I was like, no, but sometimes, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> obviously yeah, yeah. I wrote it. So I have to be in that place at some point. Right. Um, but yeah, so that one is definitely one that I like connect to a lot. And um, I like the way that it turned out on the album because I didn't want it to be this like, I wrote it to be like upbeat and like jivey. I don't know <laughs> what yeah. the word is. Yeah. And like, I think that really comes through on the album and it's like, has this disco-esque feel um, just to kick it off and then like gets really sad really fast. Cause I, it is really sad if you listen to it, but if you're not actually paying attention, you probably don't know. Um, and that was kind of the intent. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's another song on there, Innocence, and pardon me for probably slightly misquoting the line. Oh, you know, you're so fine. Um, but it was something along the lines of, I hope you enjoy what's left of the boy I made a man. Oh, is yeah. That it? Is yes, how close yeah. was I? It was basically that, right? Yeah, it's basically that. It's like, I hope you enjoy what is left of the boy I turned into a man, yeah. So it was. It's funny because that line sort of does stand on its own because you you know you you sing it by itself too. Um, yeah. Where it, it you know it jumps out of the song and I thought that was an interesting line because out of out of any context when you when you hear a song where there's a line about a boy somehow becoming a man, it's a lot of times in the context of you know I needed a boy to be a man and you were still a boy or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're saying I turned this boy into a man, which normally I think would say that he's mature now. Maybe he's ready for a mature yeah. relationship, but you turned him into a man and then there's, but took most of him. There's only a little left. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I thought it was just kind of an interesting um, twist on, on the line. Yeah. Know? Yeah. What was, uh, what was kind of the, what kind of place were you in when you wrote that song? Oh, gosh. I wrote that song about a very specific situation that I should not get into because this person might listen um, yeah. to your podcast. Yeah. But basically, um, it was just, like, a, I mean, about a guy and a friend, like, like, lying and manipulating me to, like, get to this guy um, that I had been with. And... Um, yeah, like just, it was basically about that. It was like the only really angry song I've ever written, um, just out of pure <laughs> anger towards that person, um, and towards him as well. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, all of my friends know what it's about from that time period. So I just, I don't want to say too much about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously I'm over it now. It was years ago. It's like also an older song. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I got a good song out of it. So I'm fine. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a, it's a fair trade. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's and that trade. relationship ended too. I mean, as it would have. Sure. So it was like, we're all screwed over here. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, and there's also the other connotation of turning a boy into a man, but I didn't want to assume anything. I just thought I'd ask what the song was about. Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that's definitely, like, the underlying connotation. Yeah. I don't think when I wrote it was intentional. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, no, it can be intentional. I, yeah, keep sure. that connotation. Yeah, yeah. And so the title, I don't even know, have we even said the title of the album yet? I just realized. Oh, it's called... yes, that it's navy. called navy it's yes. called navy you picked the title i mean surely having something to do and you chatted about it earlier the navy's coming um, yes what made that stick out as the title and i know a lot of people on you know first release will just call it caroline stump right but you've yeah. got you've got a title track sort of yes yeah so i i well the first reason is really dumb of being like, oh, I'm releasing a single called The Navy's Coming, and that can have a double meaning of like the song, but also the Navy, the album is actually coming out. Yeah. Um, so that was my like dumb reason. But I think also like um I think Navy just encapsulates the mood of all of the songs of just like 
I don't know because it's they all are I mean I'm a classic songwriter write sad stuff um and they all kind of fit into that just like sad melancholy angry upset like mood um and I just thought that it like worked so that was why I named it that um and just tried to elicit that like emotion I mean Navy's not an emotion but the emotion I associate with it like throughout the album and how I ordered the songs and um yeah I think that was the main reason yeah and I've I have one more question to ask you that's not at all related to the album or anything really except for my podcast and you might be able to help me because of what you do for a job so I have to ask okay um so I've been forever like playing people's music on the podcast because that because you want to hear it if I'm going to talk to mm-hmm. somebody if you're going to hear somebody talk at you through the radio for 45 minutes you want to know what yeah. their music sounds like yes yeah so I've been playing entire songs on the podcast and I've thought man eh, it's probably no big deal especially if they're self-published or they're I've had publishers mm-hmm. just write me like a gratis license um, you know, okay. because it's not like I'm going out and making money off their podcast, but it helps yeah. the artist if I play the song. Um, you yeah. know, so to put it simply, I can't spend a thousand dollars a week to play your song on my podcast, but it would help you out and everybody else too, if we could hear the song. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, definitely. So my, my question is, do you have any insight on that? Like if I was going to play your song on the podcast, which I don't know that I can right now, cause I'm trying to get a little contract drawn up, but you know, what would be the limitations of that? And if you don't know, it's okay. Um, yeah, I think if an artist is self-published, there shouldn't really be any limitations to it, except if they wanted to get like performance royalties. But I don't know how that works with podcasts. Right, um, that's why I know it's weird. They just like track. Yeah, but it, that wouldn't be your responsibility, I don't think, for performance royalties. You would just need like publisher permission. Um, and also like you would need permission to use the sound recording as well. So like you would need the publisher and the master to like agree with it, but I own both of them. Um, so you'd be fine. This is my verbal statement that you are fine. Cool. I don't even need a contract. (laughs) I don't even need a contract. That's another thing I would recommend is just like, even if you have an email for somebody being just like, yeah, it's totally fine to use my song. Like, if anybody challenged you, you could just show that and be like, they said it was fine. And if they're self-published and own their master, but I don't think anybody's going to go back and sue you for anything. Maybe what I need to do is get everyone to say what you just said. I'm self-published and I own my master and you can use Yep, my- I'm self-published. I own my master. So it's totally fine. Don't play my song yeah. <laughs> off this album. Uh... Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, so then maybe we, maybe, maybe I will. (laughs) will. Oh yeah. I mean, you would be fine. And it would just be if I came and was like, he used my song without permission, but now you have this and obviously I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, I think you're good. I mean, unless you decide to in a couple years, I don't know. (laughs) Unless I'm just like, I Hey Andy, I'm I have, going to I have blackmail on you though. I have blackmail on though, (laughs) on you though, because I let you use one of my songs on oh, your yes. podcast so yes yeah, okay. Megan and I this, these are not even things we think about you're you're a professional <laughs> Megan and I are just like send us a song that you want us to play and they're all like okay so I assume it's fine also like if somebody is agreeing to record a podcast and agreeing to have their song played they know the implications of they know that their song is going to be played so right right yeah absolutely well did we leave out anything is there anything else we need to delve into I don't think so. I'm not used to talking about myself this much, honestly. <laughs> well, it's been a it's been a pleasure for me listening to you talk about yourself this much. It's been oh, fun. Thanks. And and it you know you're you're really interesting too because you've got the it seems like you're I mean you're fully in both sides of the music industry and I find that interesting with people. As I guess yeah. we sort of have to be these days, but you are you yeah. have a 9 to 5 in the music industry. You're also doing your thing as an artist and a songwriter um yeah you know yeah trying to for sure yeah yeah 
Well, if you don't mind, stay in line with me for just a quick second, but I'll say goodbye to our audience. Thank you so much for your time and for coming on the show. Yes. I don't know how to end this, Andy. You didn't give me any directions. One, two, three. Alrighty. My conversation with Caroline Stump, her new record, Navy, is out on all streaming platforms now. You can go give it a listen. We're going to listen to one more track of hers called Best Intentions to play out the episode. If you liked what you're hearing, please rate, review on any streaming platform, wherever you listen to your podcasts, I should say, Um, especially if it's Apple Podcasts. That helps out a lot. Um, and if you want to support in a monetary way, I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Andy Sido, S-Y-D-O-W. You can join for as little as $3 a month. Um, I'm very excited about next week's guest. Still still pending, of course, till it actually happens, but I'm supposed to be chatting, sitting down with Mickey Raphael, who um, is the touring harmonica player for Willie Nelson since 1973. Still plays with him. And... Um, yeah, plays with everybody. I mean, he played with Ray Charles, Johnny Cash, Jason Isbell, Chris Stapleton, you name it. Mickey has been the harmonica player on the session. So that'll be a really exciting interview that I'm supposed to give um, next week. And so if that goes as planned, I know he's recovering from uh, from an eye surgery. So he said as long as that goes as planned and he's feeling good next week, we'll get to we'll get to chat. So awesome stuff. It'll be a couple Nashville people in a row. He resides in Nashville as well. Any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, or death threats, you can direct them to me, middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Here's Best Intentions. Cigarette.